You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. I think it's time to talk about meat. Okay. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. You ready? That was definitely a Meek ad lib. Somebody's clearly been listening to Meek this week. You ready? Uh, I I did I did just watch um his uh his freestyle and flex. Okay. Um how you feel about him going over back to back? I think his attitude towards Drake and the whole thing has been remarkably smart. Absolutely. It's perfect. Absolutely. Um though the rapper in me wishes he would have rapped over back to back years ago. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, you know what I realized, like listening, so uh, it's weird to talk about flex, him on flex before talking about the album, because I, I, (laughs) I feel a certain way about him on flex versus him on the album. Um, actually let's save him on flex for later if that's all right. That's cool. But what I want to talk about is essentially like the Meek Mill, like I'm here tour, which has been happening. (laughs) Right. He went on Ellen. That's uh, crazy. You know, he did, he, he had a, he had a successful appearance on Flex, which is no surprise. Like, you know, Meek was going to do all right on Flex. Um, he did Crown. He's doing all this stuff. Like, it's not really like a redemption more than it's like, he's trying to be like, you know, if, if rap had like NBA style awards, like he's trying to be comeback player of the year. As I said, at the height of the beef, this was going to happen. Right. Rock Nation's very good at this. They're very he- good. When is he doing, does anybody know when he's doing The Breakfast Club? Gotta be Friday, right? It, w- it would have made sense to happen last Friday, right? But Yeah. For when the album comes out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Meek has been, um, he's, he's been, you know, he's been doing the promo run. Um, peop- you know, the, all the, you know, he's got pretty good, pretty good, if not glowing reviews of the album. Like, this, Meek's having a little moment right now. A little yeah. moment. This is um, the moment that he was getting with uh, James Worth more than money. Well, yeah. Um, one of our uh, one of our listeners and, and Patreon uh, subscribers, shout out to to DNA. Um, he uh, him and <laughs> him and I used to be in beat battles together, actually. Um, okay, dope. And he used to he used to beat me because he's 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 ridiculous. Um, okay. But um, he he pointed us to a podcast with uh, Meek's engineer. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that today, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened a bit. I listened to as much of it as I could, like on lunch breaks and whatever. Um, I thought it was interesting, right? Um, that's an you know, it's with a, it's the real. So it's an it it it's a different kind of podcast, obviously, than like Clock Radio Speakers because they're like more in that part of the industry, and mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of like, oh, I love that song, and I love that. Like, there's a whole you know, it's look, you and I have done this with guests. It is not easy to be critical of people when you are talking with them. <laughs> absolutely right so they didn't they weren't absolutely. exactly like trying to be like i don't know about that song but yeah. one th- one, there was one interesting thing that i learned like as sort of a music fan and nerd but like um rock nation and uh lenny s specifically was really pushing for them to do a post-production stage of the album which means what so that's where so you've got the songs finished it's before like mastering Right, you've got the songs which you think are like finished, but then you go through post-production where other producers come in and like sprinkle a little bit of this here or there. They like maybe do some live instrumentation here, but like not on a not like on a oh, I was working on the song and I had people like contribute bits to it, but instead like 
thinking across the project as a whole. It would be like if you were working on the album and then you thought you finished your whole album and then you're like, you know, I just want John, I just want JB to come in and like play keys on like these four songs. But okay. it was like as a part, as like a distinct part of the process, not like on a song by song basis, if that makes sense. Sure. And so I realized like that is a like concept in like modern album making that I think you and I have not really like realized was happening. Like when you look, when we look at credits, which, you know, I love to look at credits and you see like somebody listed as a co-producer on like multiple songs throughout an album. It's pro- like, and I went back and looked at like, after I listened to the podcast, I looked at the sample, I looked at the credits here and it, and it, and it jives with what they're talking about. Like, I think a lot of the times that's the case of like, oh, this person was brought in during the post-production step mm. to like, oh, this person's maybe known for their drums. So we really beef the drums up on this. So this person came through, like in this case, it's the guy from 1500 or nothing who came okay. in and did live instrumentation here and did some stuff here and, you know, and, and but it was just fascinating to me to hear that as like a distinct, like part of the album process. I was like, huh, I never really thought about it that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd always thought about it like on a song by song basis where it's like, oh, I've been working on the song and I got this producer to do it. But then this guy came in and did this thing and this person came in and did this thing. So I don't know. What do you think about that whole idea? I guess it would, it's, to me, my to me, my focus would always be on the outcome. I guess do the do the four songs. You know, for example, do those four songs, do they create some more continuity with the overall sound of the album? Is that why they do it? I think, no, it's more songs that are dominated by a sample. It's like, do, okay. it's like, it's giving them a little bit more. I'll just say it's giving them more. Sure. And sometimes I think that can be a problem. Sure. Like you can do too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, But in this instance... I don't want to get ahead of myself. Well, we could just start talking about the songs if you want. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't, I don't necessarily know if that would have been a bad idea. Hmm. Some of these records, and you know me, I'm, I'm sample, I'm sample guy. Right. And I also like, I also like obvious samples. Oh boy, then you like this Meek Mill album. <laughs> right. I. When I heard it, I saw uh, when I was in the gym Friday morning. Um, put this on, and I was like. What better environment to test out a Meek Mill album than I was gonna say, yeah, your your album was probably or your workout was great. (laughs) Well, you know, I wasn't expecting him to open with In the Air Tonight, which is the intro. (laughs) Yeah. I I think Meek has kind of worked himself into a backed himself into a corner with his intros. Yeah. I mean, on on this podcast, his engineer talked about how like they know Meek's known for his intros. They had to come with something, I guess. They were really trying to find like something that was like going to feel big and epic. And honestly, this is basically in the air tonight when they tried to give it the same feel as the Dreams and Nightmares intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. But does that become like, what do you sample that's bigger than in the air tonight? What's going to be next? Eye of the Tiger? At some point, he's going to remake the It's Dark and Hell is Hot intro, isn't he? Oh, man, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a great idea. No, it's not. <laughs> Listen, this next wave is clearly we're going to remake stuff that was done in the late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. And I'm fine because I know all that stuff in and out. Let's go. Oh, man. Someone's going to slow down. You don't know on a trap beat. It's going to happen. Oh, man. Basically, think like 
really because it's been almost 20 years for some of these records you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean you make a you make a good point it's gonna happen um but i don't know i think the intro is cool like i i've heard meek do this song now for some people that's exactly what they want and i mm-hmm. get that for his fan base like could you imagine if he opened up with a with a with an intro that was like calm and chill <laughs> yeah definitely that won't happen right and I think part of it, too, is, like, it's a different style, but, like, he's clearly such a Jay-Z fan. Of course. He, like, his, well. Go ahead. We'll talk about him on Flex in a second, and you can really hear how he's a Jay-Z fan. <laughs> his, his two favorite rappers are Jay-Z and Drake. And so, because he's such a Jay-Z fan, like, of course he, he wants his intros to be incredible, right? <sighs> Who has better... Okay. I'm, people might get mad at me for asking this question. Yeah. Who has better intros, Jay or Jay-Z? I cannot believe you just asked me that question. See, see, see. I'm just thinking of all the people who are known for their intros. It's like the. It starts with with Jay. It sure. Starts with the, the, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, people cared about intros before Jay, but he turned the idea of like the crazy intro to open your album into an art form. His intros are were. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying they are anymore. But like for in his like. In his heyday, in his run, they were they were mostly like incredible for a while. What was the first intentional intro for him to make? Dope. Was it Volume One? Yeah. Okay. Volume Two yeah. was dope. Volume Three is incredible. Dynasty is un unreal. Yeah. He had a run. Yeah. <laughs> like how you just stop right. There. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, no. All I mean the um, the ruler's back is. It's good. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's good. It's not great. I loved it what? in 20, 2001. I thought it was amazing in 2001. What about what else is there? That he's had. What I think the, the prelude I think the prelude is very underrated as a Jay-Z intro. Um, what's the intro from Blueprint 2? A dream. <laughs> oh boy. Let me tell you. I <laughs> Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a dream. I, I tried. Man, Kanye, what were you doing? It, it was it was just no, it was like, yo, what if you talk the big? Like it was the, it, that's what made it wasn't the beat, it wasn't the hook, it was the concept that was just like, nah. Just is this start album with, underrated just start with Hobie, is what album underrated. Blueprint 2. I think so. I, a dream is not terrible. It's not terrible. Okay, Hobie Baby's great. Hobie Baby should have been the intro. Watcher 2 is great. Jay. Like, that's probably one of his best verses. O3 Bonnie and Clyde is a misstep. Yep, that's, nah. I, Ex- yeah. Excuse me, miss, is great. Classic. <laughs> okay, what they gonna do? Well. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> All around the world. Dope. Popping tags. Terrible. No, wait a I minute. Hate, I've always hated popping tags. It's goofy. <sighs> I don't doom, like doom, F all doom, night. Doom, 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 doom. Nah, F all night is my joint. Um, the bounce. Mm. It's dope. At, it was dope at the time. It, was. it hasn't aged what? Well. I aged did well. it my way. Eh, nah, nah. Diamonds nope. is D- diamonds is forever. That's super dope. underrated. Yeah, dope. Guns and Roses. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like it too. You don't know remix. I think that's underrated. Like people just kind of dismiss that record. That record's dope. Meet the parents classic amazing somehow some way classic amazing some people hate really dope at the time i don't know if it's age well <laughs> blueprint 2 
Kind of dope. Like, I've always thought that record was dope. Uh, Brother Please, Neptune's Young Chris. <laughs> One of my best friends from high school, like, made me hate that song because he used to play it all the time. That beat is bananas. Yeah. Uh, Too Many Hoes is terrible. Nah, I'm good on that. As One is awful. Yep. A Ballad for the Fallen Soldier. Nope. That record's hard. But then, Show You How. Yep. Uh, Women and Sisters, we'll call it. Yep. And the What They Gonna Do Part 2. Which was dope. Which should not have, which should have just been on the album. Hey, man. Hey, man. That's not, that's, that's That's better than you think. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yo, yo, yo. That's not bad. (laughs) Boy, Timbaland really gave him some clunkers on that. Timbo did What They Gonna Do. Okay. Too Many Hoes. Yep. And The Bounce. Mm. Listen, listen, y'all. I'm, I, I'll say it like Go Tim, ahead. Tim and Jay, like dirt off your shoulder kind of saves their, like their relationship. I, I don't even understand how that's a, how that's a possible statement. No, they've got more misses. No, they've got more misses than hits. Like I said on Twitter today, it's not even in my top five. James, your top five is actually really good. I liked your top. Oh, there was one that I was like, really? Oh, was it a uh, iPoppy? Nah. That nah, record's nah, great. Get My Ish is. Off is... That was it. Like, that's really top five? Man, that... Go back. Go and listen. Jay is just skating. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, doesn't this have the... This has the, the beat switch in it, doesn't it? I hate the hook. I hate the hook. Wait, what's the... What's the record I'm thinking of? The, it was a J. It was a J and Timbaland record that was unreleased and Clue announced Blueprint Three. And was everybody it ain't was I? like, "Ain't I?" That's what I was thinking. That's better than Dirt Off My Shoulder too. But you know, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm anyway, Meek Mill. Meek Mill. Let's talk about trauma. Oh wait, how did you feel about the intro? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was like I said, it, it feels like it's like it's become its own thing and he's trying to outdo himself versus just making great music. This is like you can tell there's just a lot of emphasis on the intro. And I don't I don't like that. Just make good music, make something anthemic. And yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Sometimes like the art of obvious samples, there's an art to it. Sometimes it's a cheat code and sometimes it's a layup. There's a difference. Sometimes there's a cheat. It's a cheat code where it's like, all right, this this intro is a cheat code. Because In the Air Tonight by itself is an epic song. Um, so whatever you do with this, it, it, you really have to like fart on it in order for it to not work. But something like uh, Trauma, I think is more of a layup than Obvious. What do you obvious, mean sam- obvious sample, speed it up, add some updated drums. I like it. Yeah, so this is uh, produced by Don Cannon and the guy from 1500 or nothing. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a sample from Mob Deep's Getaway. I have, you know, people probably haven't thought about that song in a while. It's a dope song. I like Meek on it. I think the B works. I think it's fine. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good as a record. Yeah. All right. Pretty much. Yep. How, how do you feel about Uptown Vibes? <laughs> Go listen to last week's show. I can't get past the horns. Uh, I kind of like Fab on it. I, I think he sounds good on it. God bless you. I didn't get that far. Um... So you didn't get to uh, NULA uh, rapping in Spanish, huh? No, and that's your track three. Well, the track nah. the, the track order here is really interesting. Sequencing is important. Your track three 
to me is like that's important. Two, three, and four are very important. Well, then we get to On Me with Cardi. Yeah. Produced by Bangladesh. Um, I kind of like the beat. It's interesting. I do too. Like he's I do too. he's doing he's trying to do some interesting things here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think Meek is Meek on it. Like it's an aggressive trap beat, so Meek is gonna do Meek. Um, how do you feel about Cardi on here? I think Cardi does. I think Cardi does dope on here. I I like Cardi on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been the whole thing for Cardi, right? Is like Cardi kind of fig- Cardi learned from Nicki how to do this kind of style. Yeah, she does it, she does it well. Yeah. I I think there's a world where a different team around Meek Mill pushes him to make this the single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do not think that is where they will go. Hmm. Because you know who's really largely absent from discussion on this entire album? Who? Is Nicki Minaj. Hmm. There was a real big fat, like, they could have done a whole thing here. Yeah. And they didn't. Really? Did. Yeah. So, but yeah, I like On Me. Yeah. Solid record. Let's talk about what's free. <laughs> I already know by your, the nope, way, nope, the tone you of your voice. Nope, nope. I don't? Okay. Eh, we'll see. All right. Featuring Jay and Ross. Yep. Produced by Street Runner. Yep. Um, first of all, the sam- sample and tempo is just perfect for Ross. Of course. Remember, Ross is, Ross is Biggie, remember? Yeah. I mean, how do... How do I feel about the idea of remaking What's Beef with trap drums? Well, yeah. I mean, it's 2018. That's what's going to happen, 2018. Right? Um, it's too bad that Ross had to have that little homophobic uh, line about uh, about 6 9 at the end. I don't think that was about 6 9 You don't think so? I think that was just about like those types of rappers. Well, like either way, he was skating on it. He was. Um. And I liked him on it. I mean, not to no one's surprise, right? What's Beef is right in his wheelhouse. Well, I heard that this song was originally his. This was for Port Miami, too. I mean, it's Rick Ross on a Street Runner beat. Like, that makes sense. Right. Um, how do you feel about Meek on this? Oh, I don't think Meek does bad. I think, Meek, I think Meek's dope, dope on here. Yeah, I think Meek's good on here. Um, yep. But let's talk about Jay. I think Meek's fighting for his life. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> Like he's just he's sandwiched in between a really dope raw verse, Ross verse and a and a an incredible J verse. So he's you know fighting out the corner. But I think he does well. He he gets you know he's getting jumped. He gets people off of him. And when you're getting jumped, that's really all you can do. Let's talk about your man Jay. Let's do it. I think it's a dope Jay Z verse. Okay. <laughs> I think it's too long. I think he takes a little bit to warm up. Yes, with he his does. Flow. He does. Well, th- that does it. I got some text messages this week about is Jay offbeat. I said this with 444. Like it's almost, it's spoken wordish. So it doesn't sound like, it's like a flow inside of a flow where you don't necessarily have to land on the snare in order to like be offbeat. What I would consider offbeat is if somebody is ahead of the beat. Hmm. If they end and it's like, nah, yeah. That, like, that's offbeat to me. I hate that. You can hear somebody's cadence when they're rapping too fast and they're in front of the beat. I'd much rather you be behind than in front. Jay's clearly behind in the beginning, and it doesn't bother me. I think people are slightly overrating him on this. But that's only because I'm hearing stuff like, this proves Jay-Z. It's like, okay, relax. 
Hey, I said that. I know you did. <laughs> and you should relax. Like, <laughs> um, I, I tried to be fair, like, when listening to this, because, like, I just have to, like, like if you accept that, like, Jay's just not going to rap like he rapped 20 years ago. No. As long as I hold him to that standard, I will always be disappointed. And yeah, so yeah, like, I can just sit there and go, this is a dope Jay verse for Jay in 2018. Like, there's some lines I can quibble with here and there. Because Jay does the thing that he that he always does, where he says he doesn't care about something. And then, of course, Jay cares about it. But that's okay. That's the Jay-Z way, right? He's always done that. So, like, I can quibble with lines here and there. But, like, it's good. It's really, really good. Yeah. I kind of, after hearing Meek on Flex, I kind of think Meek could have done more here. Mm, interesting. But we'll talk about Meek on Flex when we get to the end. Okay. Is this uh one is this your favorite song off the album? Uh yeah, I'd say so. Mm. Okay. I'd say so. It's the one that I've gone to the most. Because f- for me, it's uh for me, the album's about to take a sharp left turn. Oh, interesting. Because we uh next song, Respect the Game, um, we uh reuse the Dead President sample. That's this is where I'm like, all right, okay. Now they tweak it a bit, right? That's the not they, enough. They got the guy from fifteen hundred nothing, fifteen hundred or nothing, in to do some live instrumentation. But yeah, this is cool. This works. It's fine. Meh. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot and like unnecessary. There's a lot of recognizable samples up top. Yeah. Hmm. So you're not you're not a fan of Respect the Game? Nah. Okay. Nah. This is like, bro. We're six. We're six songs into the album, and all of them, except one have a super familiar obvious sample what's the sample on uptown vibes okay two yeah don't have <laughs> i don't listen to that song it's a sense it's almost like you know what just go full on like puerto rican day parade song like just yeah do it. but then don't have that as track three what <laughs> Um, it's my thing, but Splash warning with a uh, future thug and Roddy Rich. Um, I I didn't need this at all. Am I crazy, or is the synth line here basically sounding like somebody harmonizing, like humming the the melody from "Dirt Off My Shoulder"? I didn't even get that far, dog. No, no, no it's I like get, right up front. It nah. sounds like someone like literally went to a microphone and went like that's what it sounds like. It's so weird. Um. Are you playing it now? <laughs> I'm, I'm about to. I just want to hear it. Okay. No. That is... That is... <laughs> Does it sound like it? <laughs> Man, it just sounds like future on a lot of pills. That's what that well, sounds like. Well, yeah. Oh, man. Somebody get him some help and a hug. <laughs> really bad. Anyway. This, <laughs> this sack sample on championships is nice. I don't like what they did with it. I don't disagree with that. Did you see the sample? Because I posted the sample on Twitter. Yeah, I was listening to it uh, right, before, <laughs> right before we got on. Yeah, that sample's serious. Yeah, it, it, it felt like that would be a record that like... 40 Cal and a mafia would have got, <laughs> and it would have been like on the middle of a, of a, uh, um, 
who used to do those uh those other the purple city bird game mixtapes like a, oh yeah agalaw moving those types of records so i like it yeah okay not a fan nah because i feel like that that sample was a layup yeah there's so much you could do with you know the sexy saxophones sexy saxophones and <laughs> they did everything that i didn't want them to do how do you feel about this drake record going bad I'm not going to lie. I'm a little underwhelmed. Hmm. I don't know what I wanted from Drake and me. I'm not going to lie. And I feel like it's a record that I, okay, I'll say this. I think I haven't given it, um, I haven't given it a, a, a fair shot because after the J-verse, I was so like, yo, this is amazing. And then I went to the Drake record and it was like, I feel like that was a record that Drake gives Black Boy JB. I was going to say, I'm considering Take Keith pops up later on this album. How did they not get Drake and Meek on a Take and like a a grade A Take Keith beat? On that something was that's such an out. That was such a layup. On something that's like a Take Keith beat that's like low ninety BPMs. I haven't heard Drake rap fast in a in a while. Like rap fast. He's yeah. saying you know nice for what, and in my feelings are like he's singing on those records. Right, right, right. Um, like I want to hear him rap fast, you know. I mean, the the model is faster than that, but we know he can do it. I would have liked to hear or have heard that. So this song took me a minute to kind of get with, but yeah, and that's partially because Drake also takes he really takes his time, like <laughs> trying to get into the song. Um, but then he kind of catches it, and the hook is yeah. I mean, like he's Drake in 2018, and he's just pumping this out. Like I think. I don't know. I feel like this is an obvious choice for a radio record. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I like the beat. I like. I generally like Wheezy as a producer. I think he's sort of a cut above the generic trap producers. Um, and what this song really reminded me is like, oh, right, Drake and Meek sound good together. Like, Can I say that I'm... <sighs> go ahead. I don't know if I like... I don't know if I like Amen. I like Amen. And I don't know... Amen sounds like a Chance record. And <laughs> I don't know... Wait, wait, you know who, but, but you know why? Why? Who who sings on Amen? I don't know who. Jeremiah. Oh, oh. There you go. There you go. That's a layup. I don't know if I like Rico after Drake's verse. I don't think that Meek's tone fits that beat. I think that's true. He's a little too harsh for that beat. Yeah. That's true. So I'm not on this like, yo, I got to hear Drake and Meek together. No, I'm like, not saying mm-hmm. I'm not. No, but I think they no, can no, no, sound no, good together. But I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm saying that that's the general consensus. Yo, Drake and Meek get together and they blah blah blah. Like okay, but I guess maybe it's like maybe it's like Jay and Nas where it takes them a little bit to find their rhythm. Well, on paper, of course you want that record, but then when you get it, you get Black Republican, which I don't hate like everybody else hates. But I'm so, wait, wait, hold on. Nobody hates Black Republican. Oh, you crazy? That song's amazing. Amazing? It's dope. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. It, it's well. Here, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because it's dope, but then you hear success. And also success, great. Better. Say, exactly. That's my point. Is that success is like, it's like when you ride the first ride at the theme park, <laughs> and it kind of like you're like, oh yeah, that was great. And then you ride like another one, like the main attraction, and you're like, whoa. And then maybe you go back and ride the other ride later on, and take a like take a break or whatever, and you're like, eh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I 
I haven't heard Black Republican in forever. And then we don't talk about uh, BBC. Who? What? Um, I feel like I feel like Jay gets Nas on Black Republican. He gets Jay. On, he gets Nas on both records. Considering on Black Republican, he's rapping about them, <laughs> <laughs> like in the most coded way possible. Yeah, and then on Success, he's like, "Well, I think you know this this ninety eight ninety nine Jay that you always reference. That's right. As I think about it." He's very much on this record or on success like that. Very much like, I can't believe I'm on this song with you peasants. Yes. Let me shoo, shoo now, shoo. <laughs> I'm not working with any other engineer besides Guru. Everybody out the studio, let me do my thing. I need some, your finest wine and I need hors d'oeuvres imported. Like that's what that, that's what success feels like. It's it's yeah. I'm 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 reading the lyrics of this verse and I can hear it in my head and I'm like, this is this is the J I want to hear. What success? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> he bodies that. I mean, to even <laughs> say when you rap and you say now where was I? Like that's just <laughs> right. Yeah, he body he bodies that. He bodies that verse. Yeah. No, he he kills that. All right. Um, back to Meek Mill. We keep, yeah, we keep slipping into Jay today. Well, um, we do. We're, we're recording on Jay's birthday. Maybe that's why. And the, the timeline has been full of Jay-Z talk. It today. has. Um, almost slipped. Um, this is Meek trying to sound like how the kids sound, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's produced by like a guy, uh, Molly Raw, who does a lot of stuff for Uzi Vert, which makes sense. But like, I don't really want to hear Meek do Futures style. Yeah, I don't want to hear Future do Future style, so I'm, I'm I don't want to hear me either. I'm really yeah. good with that, yeah. Agreed. So, sharp left turn. Yeah. Uh, Tic-Tac-Toe with Kodak Black, produced by Tay Keith. Um, this is not an A-grade Tay Keith beat, mm-hmm. but it's high energy, which I think is good for Meek as long as he's not yelling. <laughs> yeah, and that's another that's another thing that I have with this album is like, I figured out by this point, I think by this point, I'm tired of Meek. And mm. I don't mean tired of him like tired, like, yo, get out of my face. Tired is in like everything that I'm hearing on this album is like you talked about with Earl Sweats- Sweatshirts or Sweatshirts, Sweatshirts. Jesus, I'm old. Earl Sweatshirts. That's it. <laughs> He's got several sweatshirts. He wears them all at once. Um, Meek like approaches these records very similarly. Similarly, very similar. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of exhausted, like, this could have been chopped in half. But you can't chop a Meek Mill album in half. All of Meek Mill's projects have been 18, 19, 20 songs. He comes from that era. Yeah, he comes from the era of, I got to have this kind of song. I got to have that kind of song. Because we're about to get to a lot of that, right? Yep, yep. Like, I think, um, like, 24-7, right? You know, okay, I see it. The Me, Myself, and I sample. Sure. Yep. Meek's done these kind of records before. I get it. I don't like it. I don't like this is not a song I'm going to ever listen to, but I understand what I think he's trying to do. I just don't think that that like it's almost like he for a sense for someone who's a fan of Drake, like it's almost like he didn't realize like, oh, I can just make hard records. He doesn't need to make 20 records like 24 seven. He wasn't he wasn't making chick records until uh, Nikki, right? 
statue. I think all, was was All Eyes on You the first chick record he did? <laughs> Forgot about that song. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Let me look uh Dreams. Let me look up. What's the what was on was there anything on Dreams and Nightmares? And I and I think that that was his I think that All Eyes on You was his most successful record, I wanna say. What did he have on? He had maybe that's true. I'm looking at this track listing. Yeah. I don't remember what layup sounds like. That's got Wale and Trey Songs on it, but that I don't think that's a record like that. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that that, that works for him financially because clearly we are not <laughs> that demographic. Though I don't mind 24-7. I like the sample and I think LMA kills it. Um, I just don't. There needs to be continuity. Like you can't be on your record. You can't be on every other song talking about all the chicks that you hit, all the all the girls that you sleep with and how you how horrible you treat them, all this casual misogyny. But you <laughs> I don't treat them the way that I treat you. And we've talked about hip hop and it's really uh it's poor relationship with relationships. Oh yeah. Where, you know, the the rapper likes the girl for very superficial and I hate using this word, but it's true in this instance, toxic reasons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so <clears throat> I don't want to hear Meek rap about this stuff when any other time it's not, it's not the same. So yeah. But I do like the beat and I do like LMA on that record. Um Oodles and Noodles Babies. Um I still feel the same way about this that I felt last week. <laughs> you said you liked it, right? I it was like I think it's good. I think it's like a B. it's it's fine it's a you know it's a it's like a very crisp like soul sample beat like that's fine i I, you know knowing like the kind of records that me grew up on like i totally understand why he made this song sure sure i get it it's but like i don't know it's not like a groundbreaking beat or anything yeah yeah Um, we're here i got it pay you back with 21 um this is gonna sound weird coming from me i might like 21 savage better on this beat than i like meek yeah um because it's like it this beat is um it's not amazing but what it does is it forces 21 savage to not rap slowly which is like a good thing you need to get him some energy and he kind of like his voice cuts through in a way that meeks doesn't yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you that metro boom project is slowly seeping into my brain more and more and the 21 savage records on there are all growing on me and i don't know what i don't know how i feel about that you don't want to like 21 savage 21 21 21 no i don't <laughs> just you know i mean like it, it he's entertaining but it whatever i'll just say it's it's entertaining yeah it's entertaining it is what it is you're you sound like you're pretty much like done with the rest of this album <laughs> i i am <laughs> so hunter summers produced by hip boy um, I did not need any song that had an auto-tuned Meek doing a sing-yell kind of a thing. No. I'm good with this. It, we we forgot to say that. The Meek and Cardi record isn't that loud. You know, it's not. It could have been louder. Yep. It could have been louder. <laughs> right. True. Um, I'm not even going to... WTS. Uh, no. Meh. Total snooze fest. Um, Stuck in My Ways is cool. Um, it's produced by Cardo. It's got a horror movie soundtrack sample. And it's got good energy. And Meek does typical Meek Mill things. And I think it's fine. Yeah. 
the Dangerous song. That was from his EP this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, I want to talk that, about. Oh, go ahead. What are you, what are you I was going to say, I, th- I think that I think that did all right for him. I want to yeah. say. I'm guessing Which that's is probably why they added it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Cold Hearted too. This is a great weekend sample. I think I was done with the album by then. You should you should listen to this. This week it's a fantastic Abel sample. Oh man, what are you doing? Man. Remember Abel? <laughs> remember him? Yeah. I mean, like, no, nah, I'm not saying he fell off. I just I just remember when I was like the biggest weekend fan. For some, for some reason you you said fell off, and in my head I heard I heard Abel singing over Legends of the Fall Off and I laughed. <laughs> What sample is it? What song is this? It's from the like EP project he put out. His most recent one, I think. But I heard this and I was like, I was like, man, I need to be pitching up some weekend samples. We've already done that, Doc. I mean, we we can go back. <laughs> we <laughs> we were the first one. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of were, though. So I, I I like Cold Hearted too. Um, I think it's a good okay. closer to the album. And like, if I had my way, I would cut like four or five songs off this back part of the album, and end with this. But you know, gotta have long albums in 2018. Yeah, of course. So let me ask you this: overall, how'd you feel about this album? Uh, I like the first half, and then just after the Drake record is just a yeah. nosedive. Yeah. Um. um I, I was thinking, you know, people were saying album of the year. Yeah, and yeah. I was what? like, uh, people and want I was like, it to be that, right? Exactly. Okay. And so my question was, is this even Meek's best album? I don't think so. So what's better, Dreams Worth More Than Money? I think so. But even, but even that, like I'm looking right now, the first half of the album is great. Lord knows, classic, jump out the face, all eyes on you. That's not great. The Trillis. Rico, and then after that is just a nosedive. I don't remember any of these records. I got the Juice Ambitions pulling up. Check. I remember Check. Been that bad for you. Stand up. Cold hearted. Dreams and nightmares. Dreams and nightmares. And God we trust. Oh my God, I forgot about Young and getting it. Traumatized. Young believe it. Getting it. Oh, it's terrible. Made by curtains. Amen. Young Kings. Layup. Tony Story Part Two. Who you're around? Polo and Shell Tops. Rich and famous. Real N words come first. Burn and Freak Show. No. That's not it. Uh, wins and losses. No. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't remember any of these records. Man, <laughs> Jump Out the Face is dope. I forgot about Jump Out the Face. It might be his best album. Might be Dream Chasers. <laughs> might be Dream Chasers. Don't panic. Love don't live here. I'm a boss. Y'all don't hear me. Body count. Middle of the summer. House party. Tony story. Work. Work. Oh. I don't know. Oh, house party, house party, which is basically just, hey, remember I'm a boss. <laughs> hey, Jalo, give me that again. Yeah, I'm a boss, boy. That was, that was a record. It was, it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if Meek has a best album yet. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't. Think but I'm don't. already mentally preparing myself for when like people refer to him as a legend. You think so? <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> Woo. Can we talk yeah. about uh, Meek on Flex? Please. He sounds better on Flex than he does on his entire album. Hey, man. How, so I think there's a couple reasons why. Why? I think it helps that the, like, it's pretty obvious, like, Meek on really good 
production matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, there are some good, there's some good and really good beats on, on his album. But like, I went like thinking about his previous albums, like there's a lot of filler beats, you know, like he's never really put together. Like, Oh, these are like 15 strong beats, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for whatever reason, even though they played a bunch of, they played different styles of beats, but like he was basically like doing like late nineties, early two thousands J on that freestyle, especially towards the end. And it was really good. I think, and he's not yelling. No, he's not. He has a hype man. <laughs> Why does Meek Mill need a hype man? But it works. It, it like works. totally it, works. And yeah. I know he's rapping over like, you know, classic beats that we grew up on. But like just in general, like his whole like watching him there, you'd never know that he's the guy who made the intro to Dreams and Nightmares. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't give that vibe off at all. Yeah. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I no. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just I think that I think he's more comfortable there because he is. That's his. That's 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 him. That's what he grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I think there's a there's a lot that goes into the music business. You know. So there's a lot of factors that go into how people create music because you are making music that is going to provide um, and create streams of revenue for a lot of people versus throw a beat on and let me rap. Mm. You know, that's probably when he just has fun and doesn't have to worry about all that stuff. And he looks confident and he looks comfortable and he looks content. And I'm not saying he doesn't do that in the studio. Cause I don't, I don't think Meek's problem is making music. I think he makes, I think he makes good music. He just hasn't made a, a full cohesive body of work yet. And that takes a little more artistry. I also think that takes you. I was going to say like content, but like, I don't even I don't even know if I want to. I don't even know how to have that conversation. What do you mean by that? Like, <clears throat> you know, there's certain art where I don't expect like when I'm listening to if I listen to Waka Flocka or back, you know, I, I ran across uh, speaking of that. I was going through, even though SoundCloud is trash, I was going through my <laughs> old SoundCloud likes. Oh. And I ran into Gunplay Rolling. Man, I forgot about Gunplay. <sighs> and so I'm not listening to that song expecting content. I know what I'm getting. So the expectations are different. But I think if you want to be in the conversation of the greats, and as a legend, as you said, you got to give me more. And I don't know if Meek, I don't know if Meek can give me more. I'm not mm. sure. I think he's somebody who in a weird sense, hasn't really taken advantage of like the flexibility that like the way that the music industry works now could give somebody like him. And what I mean by that is like, you could tell that like, like we were just saying, like his appearance on flex, like he, he would like, he can just rap in that whole style over beats like that all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. So like take a page from fab. Do like, do do like your, you know, it would used to it, back in the days it would have been a mixtape. Now it's a you know a six track EP that you release digitally only, and it's like, it's not the yelling meek. It's like the other meek, mm. right? Okay. And you you kind of try that, or you try like he could try different stuff, but like 
he's still making albums like it's 2002 even though he wasn't even really out he wasn't out then like mm-hmm. he's got he's got to have the record about this and he's got the chick record he's got the he did, mm-hmm. you know he 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 grabbed the horns and fab and he made the new york city uptown record and he did like he's he's still doing paint by numbers albums mm-hmm. and you don't need to anymore like let like hook up with metro and do a five track ep do something different well, he was doing those. He was doing, well, not, not one producer, but I just thought about it. He was doing those small projects. But they were all miniature versions of his albums. Also true. Right? They were all, I got the, this record and this record. Like, he could, he could really do things totally differently, but he's still trying to make, because he, he grew up in that era. He's trying to make his classic. The classic that he, like, I bet, he, like, he's basically still, like, this is almost like, in terms of how he approaches an album, he it's almost like we're dealing with like early 2000s Jadakiss, right? Where mm-hmm. we all learn the lesson of Jay and Big and we think that's how you make albums. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, do something different. Yeah. That's all. I think he could do more. I think he could do more. But I think maybe almost like Ross in a sense, like I think we know who Meek is at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so what's what's interesting is is people have talked about like his growth and all that, but like when I listen to the music, I don't hear what like you're telling me you've grown and you've changed, and and maybe you're having conversations about prison reform, and that's and that's great and noble and all that stuff, but I'm not hearing that in the music. Yeah, they they kind of it was really like on the podcast, the it's a real podcast with his engineer. They talked a bit about it, and they really like skated right past that by basically saying something effective, like because there are so- a couple songs where he's talking about that. Mm-hmm. But then they basically, I, th- I can't remember exactly, and I f- forgive me for if I'm butchering this, but it was basically something along along the lines of, but you know, we had to we had to to give the fans the, the traditional Meek Mill stuff, and it's like, do you? Right, right. It's this assumption that, well, you know. <sighs> He's got to. He's got to yell. He's got to be misogynistic at times. He's got to flex on people. He's like, but I thought he was a changed man. They're not gonna say he has to be misogynistic. <laughs> well, you know, but, oh, I don't know. We he need to disrespect with, women as much as possible. Oh, he didn't objectify this woman the way I wanted him to. Right. <laughs> we need a little more objectification. <laughs> could Could you make her a little bit more like an object and not a person? Just. just a little, <laughs> But like, that's kind of the way it's, this is presented where it's like, well, why? Right. Right. Because there's this idea of what Meek Mill is to his fans. Yep. And it's like, okay, I guess. But like, you can do more. Yep. I agree. All right. I agree. Is this going to be in your top 10 of the year? Okay. (laughs) I got to start thinking about that list, man. Oof. There's like... There's a handful of albums where I'm like, that'll be there. After that, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think my top five is pretty solid. I have no idea what my top... There's just a handful of albums where I think about us talking about them and I'm like, yeah, that'll be there. I know what my album of the year is. My number one is... Yeah, I'm not. not, Okay. It's... uh Aha! Our Patreon listen. No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I know what my number one is. Everything else is, is... May I think my number two is pretty locked too. I think everything else after that is uh, up for grabs. I'm looking forward to re-listening to some projects I haven't heard in a long time. Me too. Like I haven't heard Daytona in a, in a minute. I just listened to Daytona uh, maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to rehear Daytona. I want to see if it's held up. Stuff like that. Like that's the kind of, you know, that's why I like doing the show in the end of the year stuff. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, man. You got anything else you want to talk about? Nah, I think we're good, man. Anything you want to plug? Uh, wait. No. You were just on someone's song. Yes. Oh yeah, I do have new music, don't I? <laughs> All right, so um, shout out to T. Walla. T. Walla produced on Even If I Lose, he did I Am The One. He did So Help Me God. Or he co-produced So Help Me God. He did The Weight. He did some other ones. I don't remember. Um, this was actually a record that I wanted for my album, um, but he asked me to keep it for his. And uh, we, he, we have a couple records on his, his upcoming project, but this is the first one. It's called I Got It, features Jonathan Baker. Um, Jonathan Baker also has some Christmas music coming out on Friday. Uh, we three, we three Kings is, is really, really fire. It's a new spin on a, on a, a classic record. Um, yeah, if you got kids, play for your kids. It's, uh, it's more of like a, what a parent would say to their kids record. Not like, Hey, play this for the kids. The youths will like it. <laughs> um, no, like if you can't, if you can't articulate, or if you just want to find another person to articulate, you know, what you want for. You know your children. I think I think we created something that will speak for you. Um, but yeah, it's everywhere you consume music, and uh, yeah, yeah. This doesn't mean that I'm actively making music. This just means that some music that we've been sitting on is finally out there. So- sounds like you're saying you want to make a Christmas album. <laughs> a wake up Christmas will be hilarious. <laughs> A wake up family Christmas. We got some interludes and skits with your kids. There's a whole, a whole, whole a wake world. Up, a wake up family Christmas would be amazing with my kids. Oh my god, that would be amazing. All right, everybody. Thank you as always for listening to Clock Radio Speakers. And uh, I don't know if we'll be back next week, but we'll be back soon. <laughs>